Hello and welcome back to Scarves Around the Funnel, the podcast dedicated to Hartabin Lothian Football Club, Scottish Premiership winners 2021-2022, skippered by Loic de Moor, the comeback king. I am Laurie Dunsire, an overly optimistic and overly excited Laurie Dunsire, joined by hopefully uh, an equally overly optimistic and overly excited Mark Donaldson. Yeah, apologies, boys and girls, because we tried to book Mark Morrison, not Mark Donaldson, for today, so he could sing his <laughs> famous song, Return of Damour. Um, but he was unavailable, so you've got me instead. <laughs> Indeed, but that that that's fine. That will do. Um, yeah, it's been an interesting... <laughs> week i mean it's not often that we come back and despite a game being called off we've still got three hearts games having been played in that time and what 17 hearts goals (laughs) in that time (laughs) so yeah plenty to talk about i mean we're not going to deeply analyze the friendly matches the hearts have played uh, apart from anything um I've not been to any of them, and I'm pretty sure Mark didn't travel over from the US of A for for any of the three matches. Um, there have been some goal clips on Twitter via the Hearts page, although uh, how much of an angle you can get from them, I don't know. <laughs> um, so we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit. We're going to talk about some of the news that's come out of Tynecastle in the last few days as well, and... We're going to touch on the homework question that we put out last week, which was the Hearts Nearly Men, and we've had plenty of suggestions of those players that almost signed for Hearts, or were at the very least linked to Hearts, but never ended up at Tynecastle. Right, let's start off with actual football matches, because Hearts were due to play Berwick Rangers on Friday, and... This game, which I was due to go to and I was all excited about, and we spoke about it on the last podcast because it was the first time I was going to be going to a heart, or anyone was going to be going to a hearts game with fans there since March last year, and it was all set to be a cracking Friday evening out, and it was called off because, mm. and I guess it's it's typical, I suppose, of football in the COVID area that. Uh, Era or area? Um, no, it's not the terrible Hearts kit maker. Um, because five members of the Hearts football department tested positive for COVID, three of them players, and it meant that the team um, could not play that game. So the game was called off very late on, and I guess it's just what happens these days. I do, I do feel for Berwick Rangers in this situation a bit as well, not just the fans who were going to travel down and were looking forward to it. I know some still did and just had an evening out in Berwick, which is good, but it's a bit of a shame for the likes of Berwick Rangers who would have obviously had a, a little bit of a payday with a fair few Hearts fans as well as their own fans going to the game. I saw you and Murray post a tweet um, which was basically along the lines of if you've already paid for your ticket, have a think. If you can afford to leave the money with Berwick and I think they were doing some sort of, um, <laughs> not tombola because <laughs> I just I just associate a tombola. A raffle. Saturday, yeah, a, a tombola used to be a Saturday morning trip round the street, and it was usually 
the Salvation Army or something with with lovely old ladies with white hair that never moved an inch because of the hair lacquer. They were in charge of the tombola and you could win home baking and various things. So I don't quite think that that's what Beric were doing. You could win some home baking courtesy of the Beric Salvation Army, beautifully baked by some lovely old ladies. But hopefully a lot of um, heart supporters who had bought tickets decided, if they could afford to, that, you know what, I'm not going to miss a tenner. They could do with it more than I could, so we'll just keep it. Yeah, I d- was that an op? I've not actually checked because it was all done. I don't know. It, b- because it was done on um, via fan base, which a lot of these clubs use now. Uh, obviously, they could refund without. It wasn't a case of you paid cash and you'd have to go and actively contact them. So I've, sure, I, I haven't actually. I don't know. I actually checked so. myself oh. if it was refunded or or not. I mean, if it's not, I'm not going to make a point of following up. But. Um, and my, well, so you're, you're basically saying you weren't sure if it was one of these auto refunds or if you actually had to go and request a refund yourself. Yeah, I'm just looking. So no, I don't think anything's automatically been refunded. Um, I mean, I'm just, I'm just it, it, it's, like thing, app. it's like <laughs> yeah, while you're while you're doing that, because that doesn't make the best of kind of audio entertainment. Being um, at Radio Forth back in the day, if we had issues with Marantz's or which were the recording equipment or even before that, um, we would take them to the the engineer and they would say RFM. Now, RFM actually used to be one of the the kind of things for Radio Forth. Um, But RFM, as far as the engineers were concerned, was basically read the fucking manual. And that's akin to read the terms and conditions if you're desperate for a tenor back and it's not automatically put back. No one does. It's like, check the box, tick the box uh, after you've read what... No one does. You could put anything in there. People might be spending their life away. It's like when you go on these websites these days and you see the pop-ups that say, allow cookies. Does anybody actually read what you are allowing by ticking the box? What are they actually doing for you? Are you going to a an app and it says this app requests permission if you want to go in it via Facebook to your details. I'm like, yeah, whatever. And then like, wait a minute, what am I actually giving up here? So RFM to the terms and conditions for your ticket for Berwick. But you know what? I think we've delved a little bit too deep into that. And yes. you don't miss a tenor, just just let them have it. Um but Hearts did play at the weekend. They played yes. against Linlithgow Rose on Saturday. And there were, posy, posy. yeah, there were 500 fans at the game. Apparently, as Hearts ran riot and equaled their biggest ever victory over Linlithgow Rose. Yes, they equaled the class of 57 um, when Hearts won six nil. Really? Wow. Yeah, indeed, and I only know this because Hearts Heritage posted this on their account, and that's obviously Hearts Heritage who are basically the Hearts Museum, which is basically Davy Allen, who is the oracle when it comes to anything to do with Hearts. Be that um, important trivia or uh, random, um, pointless, you might say trivia like this, but I'm always interested to see it. George Thompson, Ian Crawford, Tom McKenzie, Alan Finlay, Alfie Conn and Jimmy Murray scored the six in April 57. And the the class of 21, uh, Finlay Pollock, Liam Boyce got a couple, Michael Smith got one, Armong Nongdwye and Kirk, making it Linlithgow Rose nil, Hearts 6. And interestingly, 
as well, apart from the fact that Robbie Nielsen wasn't there, <coughs> had to sit out of the game, and John Rankin was in charge. But we saw Loic de Moor for, well, we didn't see him, but those who were there saw him for the first time in 15 months in terms of being on the pitch in a Hearts game. So maybe de Moor just needs fans. Has that been the problem? I don't know. <laughs> he needs fans <laughs> in the management team that are going to pick him. Start with. Do you think John Rankin didn't tell Robbie? <laughs> <laughs> I, sent, I sent Robbie a message. I'm not, I'm not betraying any confidence here. I sent him a message. I hope you want one of the five to get COVID. And he mentioned that he had to self isolate until I think that was Sunday night. Um, so he wasn't able to to attend the, the game on the Saturday. <laughs> I said, good to see French. I'm oh, sorry, new French signing. Um, Doik Lamour get some game time. He sounds <laughs> decent. I got a big smiley face back saying, "Aye, big Lloyd D. Moore um, as the uh, as the new boy." But I don't know. Look, has he been told? Has Robbie been told to play him? I actually think he might have done. I wasn't getting involved with all that. But you've got a guy who's on a big wage who we can't get rid of because no one's yeah, going to take on. I guess that's no the one problem, take on that it, wage. Yeah. I don't know who would be the one to say. I mean, it would probably come from the top. And it was interesting that Anne Budge was at one of the games last night to watch um, Hearts and Lloyd Demure was playing in that one. But it just, it makes sense. Why would you pay a guy to sit around and do nothing when... Well, we said that last season. <laughs> no, I know. I know, but this is a new, this is a new season, right? And, and money's not available to just kind of throw away. That was a stupid deal. And I was thinking... Looking at the date on my computer, two years from now, he'll still be under contract, Lloyd Demur. So it makes sense to play him. Well, yeah, because either he becomes a player or maybe that's... I mean, the only way that people are going to, I guess, going to be interested is if he's... if they see him playing maybe at this point. If he's not, you know, if he's not been playing for over a year... Um, there's not many clubs are going to take a punt on him if he de- he's demanding a reasonable wage, which he will be because he's on a, a decent wage at heart. Yeah, so it does make correct. sense. It's like you know that that's that's the bottom line. Unless he plays and people can see, oh yeah, I forgot about him. If he doesn't play, he's sat there for two years picking up a lot of money. Whatever he's on a week is a lot mm-hmm. of money. Probably one of the highest earners at the football club. So at least play him. It makes business sense to play the guy, inspire the guy somehow. And from from what I've heard uh, from those who were at the games that he's played in so far, he was decent enough. But as you would expect, this is a guy that played in the championship and did well with Cardiff. So it's not his fault. This is this is this is where you may or may it may not agree with this. It's not all his fault that he's in this predicament. The biggest fault here lies on whoever decided that he should be getting a four-year deal. That was a nonsense on the wages he's on. Yeah. Now, when you're on that amount, where's the incentive? Well, you should have professional pride. As I said many times on this podcast, being at Hearts is not the be-all and end-all. Being at Hearts should be a stepping stone to a bigger and better football club where you earn more money, you have a better life, blah, blah, blah. So Loic Demur coming to Hearts, getting paid a decent amount, and he was probably getting paid less than he was getting at Cardiff, by the way, because he would have been on big bucks down there because people that are saying, well, let's get Jimmy Dunn in. Jimmy Dunn knocked back £10,000 a week at Burnley to go to Swansea City on double that amount. There is a lot of money down there. So Loic Demur would have been on a fair bit of cash at Cardiff. And he's on a fair bit of cash 
at heart. Yeah, I mean, he and actually played. Sit- I mean, they, they, he helped him get promoted from the no, championship, and then he even he played did. a handful of games in the Premier League. So, he did. It, I mean, was just a, it was just a horrible deal, but we can't cry about that. The deal was done two years ago to give him a four-year deal on a decent salary. So it's not all his fault. Because if he did have professional pride and said, well, I'm ready and available, which he should have done because they could have fined him if he, if he wasn't. It's not up to him to pick the team. Um, you can look at it on the other hand and say, well, he should have been bursting a gut in training. Well, even that might not have been enough because you don't know the ins and outs behind the scenes. The bottom line is, right now, he appears to be back in favour. It's a position that if Peter Haring isn't available to play in all the games which I don't think he will be given his injury history, then why not? I'm not one of these that holds grudges that going to, well, look at Ibrahim Tal. How long did it take him before he got a game for Hearts and he turned out all right? So yeah, I mean, I, we think, live in hope. I think part of the issue is we have seen some poor displays from That's the Moor. And at I, times when he first played. Yeah, and I mean, that last game, you know, the reaction he got in that last game that he did play against St Mirren probably tells a lot of the story. <laughs> Albeit, I thought there were signs, especially under Stendhal, that there was a, a decent player in there. Um, and yeah, if if it turns out that he can do something for Hearts, then, well, yeah, it makes sense. If, if the option is we either pay him out for the rest of his contract anyway, or give it a go, then it doesn't make business sense to not at least give it a try. And I suppose you've got, you know, you've got four Betfred Cup games after our friendlies. So, you know, you've got Peterhead, Cove, Sterling Albion, then Inverness. And with all due respect to those teams, and we will have to give them due respect, you know, because we've, <laughs> the very first game's Peterhead and we've, we've been there before. But these are games where you think you should be able to at least give someone like Loic Demur a chance. I'm not saying you play a kind of a second string team for these games, but you should be able to see what he can do. And I guess if he can't perform in some of these games, then you'll know, well, it's, it's not going to happen. But um, what, I w- what I would say about Lloyd Demure, um, Laurie is I'm sure that they would have run the numbers and possibly given him a, look, here's an amount. Fuck off. Yeah. Um, this is, I mean, Speaking as someone who sat beside a guy at ESPN who just signed a five-year deal shortly before they had a big, big cull, and they got rid of this guy, former Mexican player, Tato Noriega, lovely guy, and he was basically told, you're gone, but he had a five-year deal, so they had to pay him up, and until he gets another job, they'll keep he paying. will continue, yeah, yeah they'll, they'll, they'll keep paying him, so... The problem that he's got and that Loic Demur has as well, you sit tight for five years or for four years or however many years if you're you're out of favour, you'll pick up the cash, but it's uh who are you? You stagnate, I suppose, in, in any you, you must. Yeah, in any kind of profession, you, you but especially stagnate. a physical one. Yeah, I mean you So so as as much as much as I'm saying I don't think he's all to blame there would come an amount he would have been, and him and his agent would have been happy to take, or probably still are, to, to leave the football club. But I think we're beyond that now, because he's back in the fold. I'm sure there would have been an offer, but it's not his fault, on the other hand, that he was offered what he was offered, because everyone's going to take that. Um, we just don't know the full story. That's that's what I'm getting at. And 
Yeah. Who's to blame? <laughs> we, we, we don't know who's to blame. Certainly part of, a big part of the blame has to go to Hearts, whoever decided that that yes. was a deal that was worth doing. But we don't know what's, what percentage of the blame that Lloyd Demer. Has he been offered something? Was it enough? Did he get greedy? Did he want the whole lot? Did he not take it? We don't know. No. He's back playing, and hopefully he's an asset to us this season. Indeed. Uh, and um, yesterday, or last night at the time of recording, uh, which was Tuesday, uh, there was a double ma- a double matinee for Hearts. Two games, and again, Davy Allen and Hearts Heritage, uh, always very helpful, and let everyone know on Twitter that yesterday was the first time in 70 years that Hearts played two first 11 games on the same day. So March 1951, St Mirren 2, Hearts 5 in a friendly, and on the same day Brecon City 2, Hearts 2 in a player benefit match. And indeed, yesterday, 29th of June 2021, Hearts played civil service strollers at Christie Gillis Park, and then Spartans at Ainsley Park. And you could, I think, well, I know some people did, uh, cover both games because there's, what, less than two miles between civil service and, and Spartans. So if you've got the, the car with you, it was a 6pm and then a 8pm kickoff. So you've got the car with you and you leave Sharpish at the end, you can get around there. And I think a few I people just, did. I, 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 I bear umbrage to your description of it as a matinee. Matinees are kind of during the day, is it not? No, I'm, I'm just nitpicking. Matinee, I thought I didn't know what time the kickoffs were. So six and what? Six and eight? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm just thinking because the cinemas used to always call it when they would show two. But was it to do with the time as well? Yeah. Matinee is the the afternoon showing. Okay, I I do apologise. I just kind of I'm think quite... of the the. The, the double feature, the the matinee, but um, no, no problem. I just I and and when I screw up, which is likely, um, feel free to to point out. Every day is a school day. You're never too old to learn. But my, just when you said matinee, I wonder. I didn't know what time the kickoff was, um, of both games. So we've got a six and an eight. Where do civil service strollers play? Are they up at? Um, it's just along from. It's along from. Um, Ainsley Park, it's that direction. Uh, you go past Christie Gills Park, which is apparently on Marine Drive. Oh, okay. Oh, it's a Muir House. Right, okay. It's the old 87 bus. You used to go ah, all the way down okay. there. But yeah, okay. when you drive back along, you can kind of go past that direction, don't you? Yes. So they're not they're not far away at all. So No, no. It's, it's literally about two miles. So you can, if you like I say, if you have the, if you have the car, then... You can go between the two, so. But I think, and I, I know some people did, and caught two games, and um, a total of eleven Hearts goals, four nil against Civil Service Strollers, and and then seven nil against Spartans, and it was a good mix of senior players. I mean, the the Civil Service game, you had Ross Stewart, John Suter, you had Haring, Janelli, McInniff, Nongdwie. Halliday, Walker, and then for Spartans you had Michael Smith, Popescu, Halkett, Henderson, Demure, who um, got two assists and a goal, uh, Liam Boyce, Gary Mackay, Stephen, and then there was a sprinkling of some of the younger players, and uh, Alex Cochran as well, who we could jump to at the moment as well, because he is the signing that was made by Hearts since the last time we were on, a left back to 
I think provide, you know, backups maybe um, sometimes a dangerous way to put it, especially in the modern game. But to but provide a, a bit of depth at left back because obviously mm-hmm. Kingsley um, had some injury trouble and a loss of form. And Alex Cochran is a 21 year old left back signed on loan from Brighton. And he's mainly played under 23 football, but he did have a brief spell in the Belgian second tier on loan as well. And Craig Fowler did a piece for the Edinburgh Evening News and mentioned the fact he's actually covered left back, left wing back and left centre back. So quite a bit of versatility in defence and is also apparently comfortable on both feet. Uh, Even though he's predominantly left sided, he's comfortable with his, his right foot as well and is quite a fast player. So... I think it was, it's useful when we've got a position where maybe... I say we don't have a lot of cover, but it would suggest that we're maybe looking at Halliday definitely playing midfield then. Halliday's going to be the third choice on that left left back, yep. left wing back area. This is an interesting one for me because I am not sure if they're overly convinced by Stephen Kingsley as a left wing back. You think maybe a back three and Kingsley left well, I'm side just, I'm, I'm, I'm saying if we play a back three, I think Alex Cochran is your left wing back. And I know he's trying to get in a left-sided centre back, but I think you may see games where Hearts play Stephen Kingsley as the left centre back yeah. and Alex Cochran as the left wing back. When Hearts play a back four, if they choose to do that in certain games, it'll be interesting to see who gets the nod. It might just simply come down to who's in form at that time. But I think, and I may be wrong, I think if we play a three at the start of the season, I think our left wing back will be Alex Cochran. That makes sense. And um, I'd agree. I guess it will ultimately come down to what and where we end up playing. So, I just think it's legs, Laurie. I think it's it's. I mean, Davy Weir, who was involved in the the kind of deal, who's the loans manager down there at Brighton. Send a guy. Up <laughs> you don't think it sounds like you work for a bank? Can you say? I know. <laughs> Can offer you 0.75 interest rate. Um, so, I think, like, you're never going to promise anybody. It's like heart sake to Man, to Man United. Oh, I'll promise you that Joel Pereira will play every game. Jesus. If he had, bad enough in the games that he did play. But it's up to them to get an opportunity to place him at a a place. Look at Billy Gilmore. Billy Gilmore was never, ever going to go to a club like Rangers in a league like this that we're in when he had the opportunity to pretty much start every week in the Premier League down south, regardless of the ability of the team. And it's Norwich who'll be one of the favourites to go down. But you've got to be smart, and more and more clubs have got these loan managers. Did we not have Gary Naismith mm-hmm. doing that for yeah. a spell with us? So you, I mean, look at the look at the loanees that Chelsea have had out. Um, there's been so many of them uh, that have been at that football club, and, and even those that weren't really on loan too much, but didn't get in there, like De Bruyne and Lukaku and Salah. They were all part of of the Chelsea team. So he's not going to bring up Alex Cochran to, to sit on the bench every game. But I think what he does give you, he gives you legs. He gives you an energy. I don't, I don't know the kid. I've, I haven't seen him play at all. I've just read yeah. the articles like everyone else. And, and that's, that's what we have to do. But I just think I heard a couple of things last season. I just think 
They thought Stephen Kingsley, when he was fit, was fine at left wing back in that league against that opposition. And by the way, of course he could play left wing back in the top flight, but I don't think you'd see him playing left wing back at maybe Ibrox or Parkhead. And in games where we're probably going to have to defend a little bit more, I think the, the for me, I think the likelihood would be that Kingsley would maybe be the the left centre back mm-hmm. if we went with a three. But Cochrane for legs would be the one that I would expect to play in games where we are hopeful that we'd have more of the ball. So home games against Ross County and and teams like that. One last bit of news to um, touch upon. Uh, John Murray, a chief scout at Hearts, has decided to retire after 25 years at Tynecastle, which was just revealed earlier today on Wednesday uh, by Barry Anderson in the evening news. We understand that Hearts intend to appoint a replacement head of recruitment in the near future. Uh, he's obviously been around Hearts for a long time, uh, worked in a few different roles, Chief Scout, Youth Academy Director, Director of Football. Um, I think he initially worked part-time in the mid-90s under Jim Jeffries. He's apparently operated under uh, no fewer than 17 managers. Um, it's, it, I mean, the reaction on social media when this news came out is, is one of, of, I guess, relief from Hearts fans I, I think it's difficult to go into I always find it's a tricky one because you don't know exactly what happens behind the scenes like you said but there has definitely been a problem with recruitment in recent years especially so I think it's it is good and I don't want to I'm not going to be one who's going to dance around and celebrate because I don't know the ins and outs of what what goes on back there but it is good to see that we are making these changes and hopefully it means the likes of Joe Savage will be getting more and more control over what's going on in terms of our recruitment going forward. <laughs> Having a chuckle because on the outside looking in, we know nothing. We have to decide to believe certain information. Who does what? How do they do it? But who's giving us that information? What does John Murray actually do at Hearts right now? Who outside the club can actually say? Might have a title, but what's his day-to-day business at the football club? Well, no one outside the football club really knows. But a lot of people have made their mind up about him and the so-called position. I've come out and said before that as much as I got on well with John, I like John, I've known him pretty much since he started with with Jim Jeffries at Hearts in the mid-90s. My opinion was probably based being over here on something I'd read. Or something I'd heard. So that can be unfair at times. What I would say is for anybody to put 25 years of service into one employer, I think that's extremely commendable. Now we can say, oh, but what's he done? Well, no one knows. But you're basing your opinion on our poor signings or whatever. Has he had any involvement with that? What about the youths? Because he had a lot of involvement with that. Have we had enough through, through that? Again, it's total subjectivity. As as much as as you can look at something and, and think it, it's obvious that two and two equals four, it doesn't always. So for some, the way I want to look at this is we're going on a different path, and I'm fine with that. I'm fine with with with, with that to 
to try and re-energize a, a youth academy that, again, those of us on the outside looking in, we don't know how good it is. We had a go at Roger Arnott last season. Is that fair? Well, I don't know. No one does. So I want to look at this as, as someone who has served a football club for 25 years. And that's a hell of a long time to be with, with one employer. And I know you said he'd served under 17 different managers. But he's probably served under a hell of a lot of directors and <laughs> yeah. obviously different owners of the football club with Les Deans and Chris Robinson, with Vladimir Romanov, with Anne Budge. They could all have got rid of him, but they didn't. And they're involved in the football club. So if he retires, enjoy your retirement, John. Um, I know he's got the quirkiest record collection, which I'm sure he'll want to to add to. Um, but when you said a little troll on social media found that, well, that tells you how, if social media had the ability to mirror the opinions of all and we had a good base of everyone who was posting reflected the entirety of of everyone's views, then that would be one thing. But it's not. I read the same comments on Facebook. I saw the abuse. I saw the vitriol. And I also saw a guy called Bill post one thing about the longevity of John Murray's employment. And I saw a lot of likes there. So in that kind of small microcosm of social media land, there's everything in there. There's the hatred, the vitriol, the online abuse, but praise, and then six or seven people, however many it was at that time, liking the praise that, that he'd been given. That is, is social media. Whatever you do in the future, good luck to you, um, John Murray. But going forward for Hearts, it's it's a new direction, and I'm all yeah. for that. I, I mean, I think there's... I think most reasonable people will be somewhere in the middle where, yeah, you you, you don't want to... That's fair. I think, you know, maybe throwing abuse or, or, or whatnot is probably unwarranted, and we don't know the the finer details of what's gone on but certainly we've failed recruitment wise for quite a long period period and he has obviously been involved in that heavily you know regardless of whether you know the, the exact details you know he's chief scout he has to be involved in that quite heavily so yeah i think it's somewhere in the middle it's, it's long overdue there's obviously been issues in this area and we are we are you know we're making changes and he's stepping down retiring and hopefully it spells um you know a, a good a, a good change for us in the start of a positive era and in that sense assuming that the right person is appointed indeed yes okay last week we spoke about nearly men so this is uh, nearly nearly men, but near, nearly Hearts players, if we're going to be exact. So players that were linked with Hearts or who ideally had a trial or actually had talks. So players that potentially could have joined Heart Midlothian Football Club but did not. And we've got a lot of good responses to this. So I'm going to go through some of these. And we did speak last week, Mark, about putting a team together could you put a, a team together of players that almost signed for hearts and when i put it out on twitter and the way we spoke about it on the show was the the sort of minimum requirements was that the the, the player had been linked to us at least in the press there'd been sol a solid link uh, ideally though if you could have someone who'd had a trial or talks um even better 
So let's go. We'll start with Amoruso Let's It Run because they, Amoruso Let's It Run actually gave us a team and a manager. So um, And they got in very early. So what I'll probably do is go through a lot of these and, and ones that you're maybe not sure of. You can maybe do a quick check for me, see if you can find anything about the potential link with Hearts. Um, so Amoruso Let's It Run has put manager Alex Ferguson. Did that nearly happen? Now, Alex Ferguson, if I remember rightly, this goes back to the World Cup in 1990 and Wallace Mercer involving Jerry McNee in trying to persuade Alex Ferguson to take over at Hearts. So, yes. Now, again, our our rules and regs about how close or, or whatever... They are pretty yeah. loose because otherwise you wouldn't get stories like that. But yes, 1990 World Cup. I read a story about that a few years ago and then something else popped up. But I'm sure it was Jerry McNee. Um, it was either him or, or Mike Aitken of the Scotsman. Anyway, Wallace asked one of his journal pals to try and help get Alex Ferguson to hearts. And who did we end up getting instead? Was that the Joe Jordan that we ended up getting? Or was it before that? Oh, would 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 know? Maybe be the one after Alex McDonald. Okay, so that's solid. Uh, let's see. In goals, um, in goals, Amarusa Letzroners went with David or, or David Soria, who and I do remember this. We definitely had him on trial, and he's the one that went on to play for Sevilla. And did he not play in the final of the Europa League? He was he was only he. Yeah, he was linked with Hearts in May 2012. Did we not actually have him training with us? Um, they're interested in him. He had a recent trial at Rickerton, so yes, um, we did have him there. Let's see, so he's now at Hitafe. He's 28 years old. He played 16 times for Sevilla before he went to Hitafe in 2018, and he's a guy that started his career um, as a youth at Real Madrid. So yeah, I'm, good I'm one. just looking up. He um, <clears throat> he was in goals for the final in 2016 when they when Sevilla beat ba- uh, Liverpool in Basel. So there we go. There we go. go. That's a good one. Um, <clears throat> right back is Sebastian Schemmel, who we know about. Uh, he was um, right back in that friendly 2005 when George Burley had just been appointed. I think someone else on Twitter, sorry, I can't remember who it was, mentioned. I think he was about the only player who didn't sign for Hearts who played that day. He was decent. Yeah. I'm sure he also played in a game at um, Hull. 1-0 win at Hull. Yeah, I think he mentioned before that he might have been there. Yeah. I remember that game because Alex Arthur was fighting at Meadowbank that night and I think I got back in about three hours, 20 minutes from Hull. Thankfully, there were no traffic cops there because uh, you wouldn't want to get a ticket, whether it's a speeding ticket or, or even a parking ticket. Laurie, who just uh, unbelievably has paid £80 for a new park stunt <laughs> tip. That's incredible. Yes. Earlier on today, I was in the vicinity of Tynecastle and decided to pop into the heart shop but I couldn't get a parking space and thought I might just get away with a single yellow I thought I'd be quick but I was driving I was driving for five minutes before I not- noticed the ticket fluttering away underneath my windscreen wipers but the but the positive is I got the new hearts inter style third kit and it's it's very nice it's very nice 
Um, anyway, left back in Amoruso lets it runs uh, nearly 11 is uh, Gogita, Gogita Gogua. Remember? I, I, Bless you, my boy. I, I have no idea if I've if I've completely botched that, but you know the player. I do remember this Georgian. Was he training with us pre-season or was it just a link? I do remember this one, though. Eurosport, January 2007. Hearts are poised to sign Georgia midfielder Gogita Gogua on a short-term deal for the rest of the season. Hearts set to sign G-Man, said the Irish examiner. What? Since when were hearts a big news in the Irish, Irish examiner? examiner? Yeah, unless it was, an Irish, it was player, an Irish yeah. player. <laughs> then it'd be there's either a big hearts interest that reads the hearts the the hearts examiner. Can you imagine a newspaper called the Hearts Examiner? Oh, we could have all sorts. We could have the sensible ones and the yahoos <laughs> all writing for it, and we'd all be welcomed. <laughs> and that would be that would be a, a myriad of chaos. Um, or um, there's a, maybe a big Georgian base that reads the Irish Examiner, but we didn't. So there you go. There you these go. Are, these are interesting yep. ones. So the centre back pairing is uh, William Prunier, who de- yes, my, def- yes, my new- yeah, definitely had a trial. We've he's, his name's come up previously, and someone who I didn't recognise this one, uh, Jacques Olivier Pavio. Yeah. Jean-Jacques Olivier Pavio. Uh, actually, I think it was the area kit that he wore. Okay. And I remember him. I think he played a trial game for us. It was a bounce game against Dundee. Let me have a look, because I remember this guy. Um, I don't know who the connection was. If um, actually, oh, he didn't, he didn't there's, play. You, there's you clicking away. <laughs> I can hear it. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Jean-Jacques Olivier Pavio, big big boy. Yeah, there's one there's one kind of picture that does the rounds of him sitting ah, yeah, in just that area. Yeah. You see it? Uh, Honestly, great like, great for a podcast. Tough. I'm sure most people have, have seen the picture. It would be it would take you a while to go round him. He was a big. He's big only five boy. foot ten as well. No, according there to was no, no no danger no? was he five foot ten five. Is that foot wrong 10? on Wikipedia? He's at least six foot. Had to be at least six foot. So this friendly, who was it against? Ah, it was against Antwerp. I'm getting mixed up of maybe Justin Fashion, who playing in a Hearts Awake at Dundee. Um, but Antwerp in 2001, uh, Craig Levine wanted to have a look at him, but, uh, but didn't sign. That would be an interesting back pairing of uh, William Prunay and Jean-Jacques Olivier Pavio. Okay, let's get to the midfield. We've got... <laughs> this is a very interesting central midfield. Um, Robbie Savage and Vinnie Jones in the centre no, the the midfield. Robbie, yeah. The Robbie Savage thing. I'm not sure... Um, in fact, there was an article in The Sun a couple of years ago when Robbie actually said that he had a tour of Tyne Castle uh, given to him by... Jim Jeffries, and he was he was pretty close um, to to doing a deal. So that's a definite. And don't know how close it was, but I mean, if you're getting a tour of your potential place of work, it must have been pretty close. You you would think, yeah. I, I I vaguely remember hearing that previously, but the Vinnie Jones one. 
Not something that kind of springs to mind, because I was reading some of the replies to the, the tweet that you put out, and most of them I kind of remembered um, them. But Vinnie Jones, um, I don't recall um, that link. I'm not saying, I mean, I'm sure it's true, but I mean, when would it have been? Would it have been probably when he was in his 30s? If, you, if, if, we, don't, if we don't remember this, we, we can we can move on. It's maybe previous to being, being able to quickly find an internet page, but uh, other midfielders, um, Thomas Brolin, who has come up a few times, of course, the Swedish mm-hmm. international. This has been mentioned by a few people, actually. Um, was that a is that a solid one? David Ross says Thomas Brolin. He drove past me on McLeod Street. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is solid. It's from it's from 1997. Um, there was a, a story in the Independent which said Thomas Brolin's loss. Well, what did the Irish Examiner say? Bank Waka. <laughs> <laughs> um, the the Hearts or Georgian link hadn't been established. Back in September 1997. Um, so Hearts played against Dundee United at Tynecastle in September 1997. Beat them by two goals to one. Stephen Presley actually scored an own goal. Um, but the, the headline in that one, Thomas Brolin's loss is Hearts bank manager's gain. The Swedish striker's non-appearance underlined that his career is spiralling downwards. He would have been perfect for Hearts. But the Edinburgh club is definitely going in the other direction as they went top of the Premier League without him. He'd been expected to make his debut against Dundee United to launch a three-month loan spell from Leeds United. But the plug was pulled. Register for free to continue reading. No. There you go. Part of the article. I'm not registering. Okay, here's another one. He bought, So he has uh, Thomas Brolin on the left and Sebastian Rambert or Rambert? On the right, I don't, I don't know who that is. Um, I've just clicked on the name online, and he's apparently an Argentinian striker who once played for Inter. But um, well, he's got the jersey. So July two thousand and two, BBC Sport. Hearts check Argentine ace. Hearts are to offer former Inter Milan midfielder Sebastian Rambert the chance to win a contract in Scotland. The Edinburgh side will field the 28-year-old Argentine Mm. in a closed-doors friendly with St Johnston on Wednesday, and manager Craig Levine will keep a close eye on the player voted the fourth best in South America in 1994. He's a free agent after being released by Iratis. Okay, that's a good one then. Um, it is. Front pairing of Stan Collymore and Nuno Gomez. Stanley. This has been a while since uh, since he was like This was December 1999. Um, we're going to the BBC News site for this story, Aston Villa manager John Gregory has confirmed that Hearts want to take troubled former England striker Stan Collymore on a short-term loan. The £7 million signing has already spent three months on loan with Fulham, but Villa failed to strike a permanent deal. Gregory said, Hearts have shown an interest in taking Stan, but only on loan. We've left it up to the players. Jim Jeffries stressed he had no concerns about the player's fitness. He's been keeping fit, playing at reserve team level with Aston Villa, he said. Okay, 
There we go. And the, the, other the other one was Nuno Gomez. And Kevin Wood also said Nuno Gomez in January 2010 and linked to a um, Daily Record article which suggested that Hearts had the chance to sign Gomez, but Vladimir Romanov said no. Yeah, the reason this came out was to do with Jose Gonçalves. He was the one at a pre-match press conference that... I don't know if, if one of the journals, I uh, can't even remember which press conference it was, because I was still there. So I, uh, one of the journals, he, he's not going to suddenly blurt out Josie Gonzalez. Yeah, we had the, or Hearts had the chance to sign Nuno Gomez, blah, blah, blah. Someone's obviously been digging and come up with what they believe was a story. So they've asked Josie Gonzalez about it. Um, but Gonzalez said that Hearts rejected the chance. I was approached by a mutual friend, said Jose, who's involved with the national team, and asked if Hearts would be interested in taking Nuno on a short-term deal. I told him I was sure they would be, and a connection was made, but it went higher and nothing happened, and I don't know if it was because the owner didn't like the player. I've asked myself, why didn't they take him? However, there was nothing I could do. The manager was very keen, but it was the owner's decision. And because Nuno would have cost a lot, despite being available on a free, Arts would have had to pick up his wages until the end of the season. But he wouldn't have been hard to deal with. So there you go. Okay, so an entire team from Amoruso lets it run. That is good work. Fantastic. Well done. Um, Neil Robertson and Graham Douglas said Ang Jung Hwan, who we spoke about mm-hmm. previously, the South Korean international who... Hearts had a a long a long running um, rumor, wasn't it, that he was potentially going to come to Tyne Castle? Um, Matthew Leslie says what about Steve Lomas on the bench of the nearly eleven. Is that another? That's, I feel like that that rings a bell about one that was on the cards at one point. Mm, probably. Uh, can't remember exactly. When the problem is, when you're kind of looking for stuff like that, because he was a St. Johnson manager for a spell, you type in Lomas Hearts, and you've kind of got all these stories, first of all. Um, So, yeah, potentially. um, We'll move on, because you and Murray says you need to get uh, Egil Ostenstadt and Matt Janssen in there somehow. I always thought Ostenstadt was, was, uh, (laughs) for me... Tori Andre Flo, I thought was a really good signing for Rangers when they signed him and he turned to be an absolute dud. Austin Stad was, was someone who I thought would do really well if, if he came to heart. Do you remember, um, do you know the only thing I think of now about Austin Stad? Was it not him that injured, was it Moylan? When he was at Rangers. Yeah, and then Severin had to end up going in goals. Was it not Austin Stad's challenge on him or something? No. Anyway, that's all I can. Was Matt Janssen linked? Because he was a decent player at Blackburn for a period, wasn't he? I think so. A story I can tell you about Egil Austinstad. He was the one that gave the green light for Viking to sign Andreas Velitska. Oh, because he okay. was the director of football at Viking. Um, and he was involved in that deal when Andreas, I think it was about a million that we got for him. Yeah, it when was. He went to Norway. It was, yeah. Um, Andy Frains is Jonathan Toto, who of course was with Arts on trial for a period. Um, Chris McGill said, Chris Boyd, I'm sure he was heavily linked to Hearts when he left Killy for the first time, but when Rangers came in it was Goodnight Vienna. That would have certainly been interesting. Um, Danny uh, Danny says Robbie Savage as well. Hearts... Yeah, the, the Robbie, sorry Laurie, the Robbie Savage um, thing... 
And we can give another plug to Tony Brown's book, Reminiscing with Legends, because Jim Jeffries in that book talks about Robbie Savage, says, I knew he would be a... a, a, It's been it's been transcribed in Edinburgh Live as traffic signing when I'm sure it meant terrific signing, but someone in the <laughs> sub departments obviously let that one go. So instead of I knew that Robbie Savage would be a traffic signing for us, I'm sure that in Tony's book it would said terrific signing for us. He came up to Pinky and we had a chat about what he was looking for in his life. Well, that's interesting. He was really keen to consider us. He didn't train with us because he arrived just after we'd finished training, but he met the boys. And he liked the setup. It would have been a real feather in our cap to get him. It was disappointing. He phoned us, was very apologetic about it. That is one, that is part of an article of five that includes Austin Stad. Um, he was, here we go. So he was close to signing for Hearts in the summer of 96 as Jeffries freshened up his squad. Uh, young. So that would have been before he, he kind of had his spell with Man City and Blackburn and Rangers. I think. It was when he was at Viking to begin his career. DDD Shomps linked. Now, how, wait a minute, what's, what's going on here? Is this, is this someone at it? Hearts were linked with DDD Shomp. The story goes that Deschamp was offered to Hearts on trial in the late 80s or early 90s, Ooh. and the club said thanks, but no thanks. <laughs> That's like the Leo, Leo Messi to Rangers, isn't it? Uh, hmm. Hearts rants at Stevie Crawford. And I assume he means as obviously as, as a player before he was coaching with Hearts. And I remember, I, I remember really wanting that to happen. I thought when he was in his um, pomp in the I like SPL, Stevie just a goal scorer, yeah, wasn't he? Which we never used to sign. That's true. That's true. Um, let's see. I've got I've got a few more a few more here. Okay. Um, uh, Darren Ross and Jambo GP both said Vyacheslav Chleb. Of course. That was a saga. It was a saga, oh. yeah. His brother Alex that played for Arsenal. Indeed. Um, Ian Gordon said Ian Holloway is manager. Uh, he, here's a good one because this was brought up. So Graham Cuthbertson brought it up and it was also brought up by Scottish footy cards who very thankfully sent us quite a few. And Scottish footy cards sent a clipping which says... Hearts have failed in a bid to sign former Scottish international Dennis Law from Manchester oh. United. That must be that's that's one of the top that's one of the top ones we're going to get then. Yeah, Tynecastle boss uh, Bobby Seath uh, made the move after seeing United chief Tommy Doherty at Hamden on Wednesday night when Scotland played England. United were willing to part, but Law turned down the move to Edinburgh. Wow, that would have been. That would have been some signing. Uh, Malcolm McKenzie says Carlos Tevez and Javier Mascarano. That surely, that can. That's interesting. It's interesting because there was a time that their agents tried to sell them as a pair. And they would both go. Yeah, I, I remember that. Because the West Ham. Was that not part of, what's his name? Uh, what's his name's agency? You remember, the, what, what's his call, what was he called again? Right, Dodgy. <laughs> you want me to answer that? Was it wasn't Kia Jurabchin, was it? Wasn't it him? I think it was. I'm sorry. I refuse to um, associate the naming of an agent with your phrase "dodgy," just in case. But he was he was the guy who was he was their agent for, for a spell. Mm-hmm. Uh, as far as hearts are concerned. I like he refusing to say um, dodgy when you put his name in and the first thing that comes up is Sky Sports saying arrest order for duraption. 
Um, yeah, didn't I? Don't think I ever heard that. You know, at the time you might. There's so much shite that you hear, and sometimes it was a big, big name or whatever you would like. Honestly, it's like money laundering. It's it's all the stories are done. Anyway, okay, okay, okay. I'm just being cautious. I'm just being cautious. Oh, in case what is (laughs) is listening to scarves around the funnel. Maybe he lives down the road in Connecticut. Okay. Maybe. Anyway, we've got we've got quite a few more. Let's see what else we've got. Um, this, I'll this, keep them coming. Here's an interesting one. This was mentioned by a few people, but Hearts Heritage mentioned it, and that usually means there's at least some um, something to it, <laughs> um, rather than just like us not speaking nonsense. But he said, uh, Hearts Heritage said rumors of a swap of Willie Bold and Laurie Riley in the early fifties. Imagine that. Oh. Changing the course Good. of history. Right? Do I remember? I'm sure I do. I don't think this is made up. Hibbs wanted to sign Robbo when he left. Not, I mean, they wanted to sign him in the first place, but they did. Oh, do you mean, sorry, later on? I'm talking when he left Hearts at the end. Really? They wanted to sign him on a free. Oh, yeah. That was was doing Hmm. the rounds. I don't remember. I don't know how close they came. No, they were certainly linked with him um, after he, he left Hearts. Hmm. I, I, so I know we're talking about trialists and close close shaves or whatever that nearly signed for Haas. He was one that not once but twice, certainly at the start of his, his career, but Tom Hart took so long to make a decision. But at the end of his career, because he went to Dundee, Robbo, did he not? Didn't he have a few games yeah, with Yeah, he was on loan. Dundee near the end? He was on loan yeah. and then he went to Livy. Yeah, but John Robertson, oh, um, Hibernian, I believe, wanted to... Uh, we're, we're, Showed an interest. How keen that was, I don't know, but it's certainly, I'm sure it made the papers back then. Colin Sked says, I am told Joe Jordan, when he was at Hearts, wanted to sign a player from Bristol City, who was a previous club of his, but Wallace Mercer felt he was too expensive. The player was Andy Cole. Mm. I remember Andy Cole at Bristol City. I don't know how much, I mean, good to hear from Colin. Um, known Colin May, I've not heard or spoken to Colin for a while, but good to hear from him. Um, it's not something you're going to make up, is it? You wouldn't think, I mean, um, but that would be, I mean, obviously he went on to have a pretty stellar career, did Andy Cole? Yeah, and then decided that his name wasn't Andy um, after he retired and he wanted to be known as Andrew, but like Mickey Weir wanting to be known as Michael, but we knew him as something very different. <laughs> um, Drew Oswald... <laughs> I like, he, honestly... He is a really, really nice kid. Mickey, super, super guy. Kid. Him and Henry. Uh, who? A nice kid. Mickey Weir. <laughs> just, just, come on, he's tiny. I know. He's the size of a child. I know, it's just... Him and, Hen- him and Henry Smith used to be regular guests on our Friday night. I was just calling people who are like, on you know, middle-aged people, the nice kid. I am middle-aged. Yeah, but you're younger than him. But he's tiny. He's, a, he's <laughs> the size of a small child. Michelle... Henceforth, you know, not as Michael, but as kid. Indeed. Um, <laughs> Drew Oswald says Mario Kempes. That, that's... No. I could go into work and ask him, but he's moved down uh, to I remember, cause, Yeah, because he came up before. This came up before because of your work with him. Surely that would have been mentioned. My Spanish is non-existent. His English is practically right. Okay, okay. So, so it wouldn't have been a, it wouldn't have been an easy one. He did play in Scotland, but he played. Um, I'm sure he played for Valencia against Rangers. 
uh, either in Europe or in a, a pre-season I mean, it'd be very sensational if, if there was any any sort of link at any point because I mean and, uh, it's a pretty recognisable name even for the likes of me yeah. who would never have weren't even around when he was in his I'll pomp be pretty, I'm, I'm pretty confident that you know what, I, 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 I've got no idea regarding the interest, but I'd be pretty confident that Mario knows absolutely nothing about it. It was probably, you know what these things are like, it's an agent or someone knows someone who's a journalist or whatever, is like, can, yeah. you, can you help us out here? Or that, that. So I, again, I'm not poo-pooing that at all. I mean, this is great to, to kind of know that I think if you were able to, to kind of have cuttings or um, some examples, whatever, pre-internet, then yeah. It may be, but that, that's an interesting. Uh, let's have a look. Um, see, there's another couple of big ones. Here, this is another one. This is Scott, Scottish footy cards, and they actually sent clips, and they've sent um, Davy Cooper to Hearts, and this is from Shoot in 1983. They've put a clipping here, and it says Rangers manager John Gregg, after spending 150,000 pounds on West Ham striker Sandy Clark isn't finished yet there is speculation that rangers are set um are setting up a big deal with hearts that would take ibrox stars davy cooper um and colin mcadam about three three seasons ago from part of thistle for one hundred seventy thousand plus a substantial sum to tynecastle with the edinburgh sides 18 year old midfielder dave bowman going in the opposite direction so it's apparently a wow. solid link to suggest that john Gregg um was going to Put Davy Cooper and Colin McAdam plus cash to Hearts in exchange for for Davy Cooper. That would be that's again that would be pretty sensational. I know it was yeah. later on, obviously, still in his career. Well, but Colin Colin McAdam ended up at Hearts, yeah. uh, not direct from Rangers. He had a year in in Australia, and I remember, and I want to um, I want to double check this because. I've told you the story before about Hearts Rangers, Scottish Cup, January 1986, Hearts 1-3-2. Uh, Craig Patterson, who I used to work with, was playing for Rangers that day and he told the, he, he kind of, he had a head clash with Sandy Clark and they both had to go off, both had to get replaced, but blood gushing. But Sandy wanted to come back on when he came too. But obviously the substitution had been made and Colin McAdam was the player that, that came on. Now, I don't want to say that he scored the winning goal because I don't think it was the winning goal, but I do believe that he did score. Was it the second goal? I know he scored when he came on in that game. Um, it was actually the opener. There you go. McCoyst, the opener for Hart, sorry. McCoyst had opened the scoring and Colin McAdam equalised. What a story that would have been. You just wonder how close these these potential deals were to happening. Well, here's one that I can actually add some background information to. Connor Preston mentioned a few, and one of the ones he mentioned was Alan McGregor just before going back to Rangers. That that happened. Yeah. That was very close, and that I heard that. They thought they had him. Yeah, I heard that it felt like everything was done verbally, and then well, he Alan, just went quiet. Yeah, Alan, just basically stopped talking to Hearts, and the next thing they saw was the news that. Well, Rangers came in, that's where he wanted to go. Yeah. Alan's dad's a big jammer. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's, he's one of He's from Guy McKay's yeah. best pals. Yeah, one of Guy McKay's best pals. And, yeah, I, I vividly remember that. And from what I heard at the time, Hearts thought it was a done yeah, deal. Yeah, no, they did. And they thought it was all agreed verbally. And then he, he literally just kind of stopped answering their calls. <laughs> and then, <laughs> and, then bef- and then the next thing they knew... 
there was an announcement that he'd signed for Rangers. And I think we signed, who did we sign instead? Was it Bobby's Lamal and Colin Doyle? Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Oh, how different uh, life could have been. I know. I've got one one for you. Um, okay. We had a trialist called, called a guy by the name of Stephen Presley. Was this before he before he signed? No, it, I, I'm, I'm sure... I don't know if it was a friendly at Fourth Bank against Sterling, but it was something to do with his registration. And to play him... I think he was already at heart. He was either signing in... His, his deal had expired or something mm-hmm. like that. And to well, Co- get him yeah, to sign... Cochrane was a trialist. Sorry, cut you off. Cochrane was a trialist, officially... In, yes- oh, was in yesterday's friendly, okay. yeah. Um, so Presley, I believe, played as a trialist. I uh, had to, uh, because the registration or whatever hadn't been finalised for whatever reason. If it was a, a, if he'd come back to the club or if his deal, that kind of rings more of a bell. If the the, the contract had expired and they were extended, something like that. But I'm that's sure it was a. That's I do I do quite like when you get a bit of trivia like that because it's not as easy to find, and that's why. Remember the thing we told Lee McCulloch when he was on about, well, I, I managed to find out that he he battered in a hat-trick and Robbie Nielsen was actually playing right-back that day. But Robbie Nielsen, he's not listed if you just look up the match, the teams from that day, because he, he, he was on trial at that time with East Fife. So you get those little nuggets sometimes that are a bit, a bit harder to find. Um, one final one, uh, Gary Cowan messaged and said, um, it's got to be Hugo Perez, or Perez, yeah, 37. Yeah. yeah, we've spoken about him before. Yeah. There's actually a, a, a newspaper clipping. Uh, Hearts played, um, I think it was actually a post-season tour well, yeah, I mean, I could, of the United States. Because well, well, what Gary says is, I think we thought he was Hugo Sanchez. He played... <laughs> He played in a trial at Inverness Cali. He wasn't Hugo Sanchez. He went no. home. <laughs> yeah. And you, you could actually Google Hugo Perez and, and Hearts, and there's a whole thing about uh, soccer sensation. Hugo Perez is on trial with Scottish club, Harlem and Lodi, something like that, bollocks. Um, I've got some for you. Go back to Sebastian Rambert. Uh, apparently, and I love that word, when we're talking like this, you can just use, fling that in yeah, frivolously. Say what you want. <laughs> Supposedly, the choice was Sebastian, for Craig Levine, the choice was Sebastian Rambert or Jean-Louis Valois. Oh. He went Valois. Um, there was a player called Martin Schops, or Scops, who was on trial around that time, Simone Bruno. Um, what I've got for you is from 2010, a Finnish winger that Hearts took on trial uh, because Andrew Driver, they were preparing to begin the new okay. season without Andrew Driver, and the Finnish winger was Kari Arkivuju. No, that's not right. Kari Arkivuju. <laughs> there you go. Uh, Christ's sake. I did Finland at the Euros. I had 26 <laughs> names I'd take it right, and I can't mention this bugger's name properly. Kari Arkivuju. There's three different pronunciations. The first one was definitely not right. It's between two and three. But we uh, we run the rule. Love that. I bet, you're, I bet you're delighted he didn't sign. You were commentating on Hearts TV back then. I would have got it right back then. Where, where, where does the, the phrase run the rule? What's the uh, origin of that? Oh, anyway, I, I don't know, but that's a, that's a tangent for another week. And it's a boring tangent, to be perfectly honest. It is. Uh, Andrew Driver was injured because he'd had an operation on his thigh. 
So he was a doubt to start the season. So they took Harry, the Finnish winger, on trial. But nothing nothing came of that, um, sadly. Um, indeed. Uh, but thank you f- for all those. It was it was it was very good. And there's a few big hitters there that I hadn't actually heard of, and it was a few that it was good to to reminisce about as well. Yeah, a, cu- a couple more while I can just well have them here. Uh, take you back to the BBC Sport website, July 2006. Hearts head coach Valdas Ivanauskas has been impressed by trialist Georgi Popkadze and may offer the 19-year-old Georgian who plays on the left side of defence or in midfield a deal after he impressed during Hart's pre-season training camp in Austria. And apparently a South African, Gordon Gilbert. Do we know Gordon Gilbert? Have you heard anything about that? <laughs> doesn't ring a bell, no. No? Doesn't, doesn't ring a bell. Uh, let's see. Do you know who? Do you know who I always wanted us to sign? And you're you're putting me on random tangents. Um, this is someone. This is a real player. But uh, I, I just I, there's a player called Z- Zaimu Jambo, but he's known as Jimmy. He's known as Jimmy. This is a, a, Zimb- a Zimbabwean international who is called Jimmy Jambo. Jimmy Jambo. I don't know if he, he might have retired now, but he played for Kaiser Chiefs when I remember seeing who he was. And I was like, why have we not signed Jimmy Jambo? This, this, this is an idea which, which is really tenuous based on what you've just said, daft names, right? Um, I always I wanted to do a kind of cross-sport commentary. The baseball player, Hugh Darvish, and the Burnley defender, Ben Mee. So you'd have me and you together. Just that kind of stuff. And I believe someone once put a, a, a thing together. If Muzzy Izzet moved back to play as a right centre-back and Celtic went with a back three, could it have been Izzet Tebele Shite <laughs> as their back three? So could we have a little bit of fun with playing on, on words of, of or is that just too childish? Uh, is that something that the kid Mickey Weir, Michael Weir would You could maybe instead? get you could maybe try and do a Hearts eleven or heart or or players that should have signed for Hearts because of their name. Based on their name. Um but Is Jambo is Jambo not a greeting in Swahili? <laughs> Hello. <laughs> no idea. Seriously. It's like the fact Seriously. that Dundee United is like in a is like a is like a way to slag someone off in Nigeria. <laughs> Come on, no. Yeah, yeah. You like call someone a Dundee United, and it's offensive. Come on, that's a genuine. That. It's an up. insult in Nigeria. No, I am no. not. I'm not even joking. No, I can't have that. I, I sw- you call someone a Dundee United. Yeah. If you're in Lagos in Nigeria, and they'd be offended. Apparently. Come on. Apparently. No. Honestly, look well, it up. Jambo, hey, Jambo is a Swahili language word. <laughs> okay. That is a greeting. Right, we're we're definitely going off course now, and we're already into no, no, overtime. we're not. That's a that's 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 a that's a tangent. That actually, means something because it's to do with hearts. But the Dundee United being offensive mm-hmm. in Nigeria. No. Uh, look it up. I, I mean, it, no. there's there's definitely a story there. 
Um, I'm not the only the only way that you're getting a tenuous link with this is that Gordon Gilbert was South African and it's the same continent and BB it was on the BBC Sports Sound in the summer of 2010 that Hearts were um, were keeping tabs on him. Um, but as someone on Kickback said at the time, sounds like a character in an Emily Bronte novel, Gordon Gilbert. It's like Anne of Green Gables. Anne couldn't come out to play today because Gordon Gilbert had come round and they were doing homework together. Okay. Jesus, okay. how did this... How did we get Let's, here? We'll move on. Dundee United in 19... No! So we're definitely going to have to go because we've we've gone down a rabbit hole of randomness. And um, yeah, Hearts are back in action. They're playing... So this weekend, they've got Air United and Falkirk, but they're getting played behind closed doors somewhere outside of Edinburgh. But I will be... <laughs> I don't want to jinx it now. I'm due to be going to see Whitehill Welfare against the Hearts 11 on Saturday at Ferguson Park. I think it might be a second string Hearts team for that one, but I've never been to Ferguson Park, so I'm quite looking forward to that. And uh, my friend Stuart, who stays in that neck of the woods, has already got the keg in, hopefully for some post-match beers, which will be pleasant. Um, Now I've said that there's going to be something else that will scupper these plans, but um, hopefully not. Um, Yeah. Let's put this homework out there. I don't know how it's going to work. It might flop. It's happened before. But if you can you think of players that could or should have signed for Hearts purely because of their name? So obviously Jimmy Jambo is very on the nose. But I just love the fact that there's a player called Jimmy Jambo out there. Zimbabwean international. <laughs> if you can think of anyone else who <laughs> should have signed for Hearts because of their name. Um, yeah. Message us, uh, tweet at around the funnel or email podcast at scarvesaroundthefunnel.co.uk. I'll be impressed if we get enough to make an eleven. Put it that way. Yeah, you don't have to have it. Just individual players. Just I just one. want to end with. <laughs> yeah, I want to end with one more player who was on trial with Hearts, and it's someone we've all heard of. And it um, it didn't happen because supposedly he wasn't big enough. His name was John Gregg. Oh, okay. True story. And Willie Ormond was another who supposedly was too small to sign for Hearts, so he ended up at Hibernian. So two bigger names to replace our... Two big, small names. To replace our variety of of randoms that we've mentioned over the last half hour. So that was fun. Thank you for everyone who sent it. Yeah, well done if you've you've made it this far. Uh, We'll be back... (laughs) We'll be back next week. Um, Until then, thanks for tuning in. Bye-bye.